Welcome to this week's edition of Coach Prep. Coach Don and I are here in the Cherokee Batting Range Podcast Studio getting ready to record episode number 216. We're going to talk about balancing expectations and kind of how that applies to the mental game. Before we do that, let's talk about our sponsors. First, the Anderson Bat Company. Everything Fast Pitch is very proud to have Anderson Bat Company as our presenting sponsor. Anderson Bat Company is using the latest and greatest bat technology to corner the market in the fast pitch world. They have the minus 9 rocket tech, the minus 10 carbon, and the minus 11 carbon light. Anderson Bat Company is using this technology to put a high-performing bat in the hands of hitters that really know the difference between a good bat and a great bat. We're also working with Anderson to provide a discount for all of our listeners. Go to the Anderson Bat Company website and order your bats. Use the EFP20 discount, which is for everything fast pitch, and you'll get a 20% discount. And make sure you take advantage of that EFP20 discount. It's a great way for you to save that additional 20%. If you're looking for a Christmas present, um, I'd say check out the Anderson website because that 20% is going to make a, a lot of good products. Glove yeah. Very, very affordable. Also, we would love for you to become a patron. If you're in a position where you can afford to, go to patreon.com slash everythingfastpitch. Super easy process. We're talking about five, ten, or twenty dollars a month. I want to say thank you very much to our patrons. You all are rock stars. You've done a great job of keeping this podcast alive. We would like to see a few more people come on board, see if we can't push this thing over the edge. So, Don, we've talked a lot in the past about balancing expectations, but one of the things that we have to make sure that we understand within that framework is a player's individual mental makeup and their mental capabilities and them handling expectations. So for an example, there's one player that I work with who's a really talented hitter, but the only thing that makes her happy is getting a hit. She is way happier if she hits a little bloop dinker off the end of the bat that you know, drops in, you know, right behind the first baseman that never gets off the dirt, but nobody can make a play on it. So she gets a single. Then she is, if she hits a screaming line drive that goes, you know, 195 feet in the center fielder has to jump to catch it. Sure. And, you know, there's lots of kids that we know that it's, you know, similarly tied to if their team wins, no matter how they play, whether it's great or horribly, they're super happy and excited if they play great and lose a heartbreaker to another really good team, they're totally deflated and think that they're total failures. And to me, I think we have to start to talk about finding a way to manage that kind of expectation and make sure that we're working with our players to help them have a realistic understanding of how the game really works and, and whether or not what they're doing is a success or not. No, and just as you're describing that stuff, Tori, I'm thinking back to times when, uh, you know, when I'm just happy to get through a day just you know if we if we don't play well but we still win you know being relieved but uh if we ever get beat i want to get beat playing well right you know and we have to share that with the kids that uh you know sometimes that success is hitting three hard line drives and going over three yeah but we just absolutely did everything we were supposed to do so we've got to uh share that with the kids that if we play well and we are defeated or or the outcome isn't in our favor, that uh, you know that was still a plus and a positive, and the things that we're working on and practicing are, are actually uh, you know coming true in games, and we're going to end up a lot better off down the road with those types of events. When we're performing and playing well, we're going to win a lot more in the end. Right. So, yeah. Well, there's only four things that can happen. You can play well and you can and win. So if you play well and you win, guess what? That's jackpot. Great. That's as, as good as it gets. It's a good day. 
Number two on my list is you play great, but you lose. Okay. It's a little disappointing. Maybe your day's over a little bit earlier. Maybe you got knocked out of the tournament, but at the end of the day, you should be able to look at what happened on the field that day and be excited and proud and head up because we played great. We just lost today. Third thing that can happen is you play badly, but you win. And to me, I think that is one of the worst combinations. You feel like you had a lucky. Yeah. yeah well, lucky but, day. but unfortunately for a lot of players and a lot of coaches, they don't understand that it was, they played badly. All they think about is that they won. So kind of, you know, to our point earlier about, you know, there are certain players that they can play terribly. Their team can be awful, but if they play a team that's more awful than them and they win, they're still happy about it. And to me, I think that's, should be third on our on our list of the four things that can happen. And then obviously the last thing that we want is we play badly and we lose, right? In the hierarchy, playing good and losing should be way more satisfying than playing badly and winning. Now, if you're a really good team and every once in a while you just have that game that's a little bit off and you know you didn't play your best but you still won, that's part of being a really good team. But that's a different circumstance than teams that are constantly in that in those bottom two groups where they're playing poorly and losing and playing poorly and winning, the moral to the story is you're still playing poorly. And so, you know, helping players understand, you know, how all this works. And, and again, our game is so much more challenging because you can go 0 for 3 and be the best hitter in the park that day. And somebody else can go 3 for 3 and be the worst hitter in the park. And that's not an exaggeration. If there's 10 teams playing, I could go 0 for 3 in a game and clearly be the best hitter. If all, you know, 200 kids that are playing today all line up and we, you know, do some sort of evaluation, I'm going to be number one. But how we perceive it, right? right? But because I hit, you know, three screaming line drives that all got caught, if I feel like I'm a failure and I'm not handling it or understanding it, then that makes for a really rough road. And that can come from us as coaches, right? Right. We can, oh, absolutely. Yeah. Or if I'm the kid who hits three dinkers, you know, I hit a nine hopper up the middle that is going 15 miles an hour, but it, you know, I, I got, jam- I got jammed step. so badly that the pitcher didn't field it because it was slower than she thought. And it just trickles through. And somehow I beat that out for a hit. And I'm standing over there thinking, you know, puffing my chest out thinking, well, I'm amazing. Look how great I am. I got a hit. Off I think that, that's a pretty that bad really trap good to picture. fall into. Yeah. yeah, that's a bad <laughs> trap to fall into. And so helping kids understand the impact of what's happening on the field, but also, I guess, trying to manage it to make sure that we're putting kids in a situation where they're going to be able to process what's happening and see the positive when the positives are there, but also understand the things that they need to adjust and work on if the performance isn't quite as you know, to the level that we would want it to be and not tying it to just what my batting average is or just how many hits I got. So expectations, right. And, uh, you know, sharing with the kids, the things that, uh, you know, that they should be expecting from the hard work that they put in. Right. If they're, if they're able to, uh, go and, and perform well and, and we're not going to be one of the final teams that weekend, we've still had a successful journey up to that point. Right. It's not like we're, uh, all is for naught. Right. Well, and, yeah. and, you know, I think one of the things that we have to really start to think about from a coach's perspective and a parent's perspective is helping our players understand these things and, and being realistic in our discussions with them and the things that we're talking about with them so that we're starting to set them up for this understanding from a very early age. I can remember when I first started helping John with the 10U team. 
And, you know, this was my first foray into the really young kids and how shocked I was that every time they made an out, they cried. Right. (laughs) No matter what. Every time they made an out, they cried. And I couldn't comprehend it because my experience was, you know, for so many years with older, you know, more experienced players. But it was a learning experience for me as a coach because what I could tell you was happening is that these kids were so caught up in the outcome that they couldn't appreciate the fact that they hit the ball really well, they just didn't get a hit. And so they were so wrapped up in the outcome that they weren't seeing the progress that they were making. And so one of the things I tried really hard to do from a coaching perspective was to point out to them that, well, okay, you didn't get a hit, but here's why you should be excited. You know, okay, you know, you were 0 for 3, but here's why you should be proud of what, what happened. You know, it could be for a younger player, the first time they stay back and actually put a change up in play instead of missing it by 15 feet. Well, the first time they put it in play, they might not hit a double, but they might make contact with a really good changeup for the first time. We're, well, on, we're on the right path. Right. If the pitcher is a, a beginning level or learning her skills or learning a new pitch, even an experienced pitcher is learning a new pitch, if you're out there and you think that you know, just miraculously you know, you're going to be successful, you're going to be in for a long haul. But if we've got people reminding us, well, yeah, but you're, you know, you're learning a new skill, you're learning a new pitch, you're, you know, trying to build something into your game. You know, let's be realistic about it. You know, if you think that the first time you're going to throw a rise ball, it's going to jump six inches and the hitter's going to miss it every single time, you're going to give up on the rise ball pretty fast. So, you know, to me, it's it's helping them from a younger age, kind of, you know, understand the game they're playing, understand the expectations and the reality, and helping them see. The successes where the successes really do exist. Now that doesn't mean we have to, you know, again blow sunshine at them and and pretend that you know something that everything's okay. But we also want to make sure that they're not making something really negative out of something that doesn't deserve to be. Well, and so often it pours over into everything that we do. And if we have a, a misconception of whatever outcome, whether it's fielding or hitting or whatever, if that rolls over into the rest of the game you know, we're, we're setting ourselves up for a disaster right. for that day. And, uh, you know, a lot of these things are contagious too. Uh, one player, especially with the younger ones, like you're saying, if, if one sees a particular reaction after an outcome, you know, whether it's getting put out at first base and a total meltdown, yeah, the, then the, it, it's the snowball starts rolling down. It's, it's contagious. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So if we can try and set that pace and set that reactionary thing from an early age like that, I think that they're going to progress a lot more quickly and, right. and have a lot more fun. Well, and, yeah. and you touched on something earlier down, you know, how we handle things and how we say things as coaches. This is what, what, what our you know, message is today. If you're the coach who says something like the nine highest batting averages are going to be in the lineup. Well, then you're, you know, setting a certain expectation, a certain, you know, mindset so that that player who hits the ball hard every time, but doesn't get a hit, feels like a failure because you're telling her if your batting average is low, you're not a good hitter. And you know, I can remember having this discussion with players over the years. Now, of course, in the college setting, we were practicing so much and so often that I felt like I really had clear picture of what players' abilities really were. And where they needed to be. Right. But I can remember a handful of times players coming to me with, well, coach, I should be hitting instead of so-and-so because my batting average is 320 and her batting average is 290. And I go, well, okay, so your batting average is a little bit higher, but I watch you every day. I see you hit every day. I know who she's hitting against versus who you've hit against. 
and your batting average does not indicate who the better hitter is. So, but now I have to make sure that in everything that I'm communicating to my team, I'm letting them know that a hard hit ball is a win and you can be the best hitter on our team this weekend and have a really bad batting average. Sure. And because you're still hitting the ball hard, even though your stats are suffering, guess what? You're staying in the third spot in the lineup because I know for sure that's where you belong. They're going to get right. through. But yeah. unfortunately, I think now we have so much mixed messaging, you know, that, you know, coaches say things like, well, I'm going to play the nine best hitters. I'm going to play the, you know, when we play on Sunday in the elimination game, the whoever hits better on Saturday is going to play on Sunday kinds of things. And that kids have no way of, of understanding what that means and what the expectations really are supposed to be. And Tori, when we were younger too, I had no idea what everybody's batting average was, <laughs> right? Now it's like, public knowledge they know i mean with the game changer and all this other stuff this is uh it's an interesting time to have to manage that as a coach we're we're to help them assess it accordingly like you're saying yeah we're we're, we're so old i can remember uh the first time i i would know what my batting average was would be about two-thirds of the way through the season our coach would post on the door to his office the stats Uh, right i mean i knew who the good hitters who hit the ball hard yeah well, So-and-so hits the ball hard, and yeah. and I and, do okay, but... And, and, and I knew John was a much better hitter than me because every time he hit a home run, I got hit in the ribs. Right. So I had the bruises to prove to me that he was a better hitter than me. I think, <laughs> unfortunately, because we spend so much time now with Game Changer and stuff like that, like you guys are saying... They're calculating that, it. Yeah, that there's not a doubt in my mind that there are players playing this weekend that are going up to the plate the first game going, well, right now I'm hitting 337. And if they get a hit, they know that means now they're hitting 343. And if and they get out, they know they're hitting 322. Right. Right. They've, they've already got it mapped out in their mind. They know for sure. And to me, that's a little wacky. Well, it, it's definitely a different uh, environment to have to um, navigate and be successful right. in. I mean, that's a whole challenging scenario. Right. So coaches, it's up to you to do a good job of uh, sharing the right expectations, setting your players up to understand what's really going on and let's start training them and educating them at a much younger age. So we don't have to try to solve all these problems um, when they're teenagers and college players. So and that's going to wrap up number 216. As always, please make sure you reach out to us with questions, comments, ideas, or suggestions at everything fastpitch at gmail.com or fastpitchprep at gmail.com. Go to the fastpitchprep.com website, order your square cuts training discs there. Make sure you check out the blog posts and the YouTube channel. So for Coach Don McKinley and our producer, Stan Lewis, this is Coach Tori saying thanks for listening. We'll talk to you again next week.